But hey, looky there, it's Caden Stetler and Robin Vote with Com Cheddar. I haven't listened to them since I was prospecting out on Subterrell. Hey, welcome back to Com Chatter, the voice of the friendom uh, with your host, Caden Stetler. And Robin Vote here on the other side in New Hampshire. What's up, folks? And uh, tonight, we have the pleasure of sitting down with Alex Damon from Star Wars Explained. Alex, how are you doing tonight, buddy? Good. Thanks for having me. How are you guys? Doing good. Doing good. Yeah, doing great, man. Uh, it, it's definitely cool to be able to sit down with you, man. Um, I've I've definitely followed your videos for a long time. Pretty much whenever I have free time, you know, pop on some YouTube, listen to some Star Wars series and all that good stuff. So your videos are definitely a staple on my uh, on my list for sure. So it's awesome to be able to sit down and talk to you tonight. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. No, I mean, same, same here with myself. Uh, Star Wars Explain has been a part of my star wars experience you could say uh i'm not going to use the, the hashtag that star wars used because that's just a whole other explanation um but one of the best things about star wars explained that i'll say uh is that it, it's exactly what caden said you just go on to youtube you look up star wars your videos come up right away and the stuff that you dig into too i spent my entire evening one night watching your entire breakdown of the star wars timeline and it was great because i was like oh I forgot that that happened. I've been so like built into this new canon that I kind of forgot about this stuff. Uh, it's it's just just from my end, Alex. What is it like to sit back and kind of break that down? I know a lot of people could do it, but you have a unique way of doing it. I feel. Oh uh, yeah, that, that's a fun video. I, that's the third time I've done it. The first time I did it was for Legends, and then I did it for Canon last year, and then I updated it this year. But yeah, it's it's fun to kind of go back and revisit just about every single story and comic and book uh even like the, the ones you like and the ones you didn't and, but right. put it all in there um and every year i try to outdo myself and make it look better make it a little more engaging <laughs> so right <laughs> now i i find alex when uh <clears throat> when people talk to me about rebel cause the the thing they ask me the most is like what got you to start it so what really got you to start not only the youtube channel and uh talking about star wars and breaking everything down but like what did it come from a place of your friends always asking you about like hey what's this about what's this about and then you knew so, so much that you kind of put it to use or how did that all come about uh it came about because of trivia uh, yeah, uh, nice. i'm in atlanta and there is a convention here every year called dragon con and it is like my favorite place to go every year like all of our friends go and we look forward to it and they have this insanely hard star wars trivia there like mm -hmm. a contest that you have to take a written test to get into uh the top 10 people get to put like go up on stage and answer questions and uh, i would always pretty much get up on stage when i tried and then never make it into like the top five uh so Every year I'd walk off stage and be like, gosh, if I just studied a little bit, I could probably do better. And then uh, one year I decided that, you know what, I am going to study and I'm going to document my studies through videos. Uh, and I, I do come from like a video digital marketing background. So I was like, this probably could be something. So I just started doing short videos on just like, this is the, the story of this character or this planet or whatever. And uh it, it started to take off so it but that was pretty much it it was to study for that trivia and i still have yet to win it and 
Uh, I got second last year, so maybe, maybe this go. year. There you go. No, that's that's perfect, man. And it, to be it's honest with you, yeah, what it sounds like to me, Caden, is that this – I mean, of course we get ESPN covering the National Spelling Bee. I feel like they should be covering this too. This is some pretty serious stuff happening. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, they have uh, – we saw live coverage from, from Foden B to the first National Lightsaber Tournament last yeah. week. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's all in the works, man. That, that would be awesome to see for sure. I mean, we do trivia all the time at the events, so that's definitely a staple for us. So, so, so a little question for you, Alex. If there was one time period within Star Wars that someone would stump you with, what time period would it be with a question from that specific time period? Probably Legends Old Republic stuff, like specifically the Old Republic MMO. Uh, that is easily my weak spot. I've read the books from that era, but uh, the game I know pretty much only through studying it outside of the game i've never played the game so i feel like that's probably where if you want to beat me and say you stump me ask me something from the old republic <laughs> wow that's funny man I, I played that game for a while and just with all the different paths you can take it's kind of hard to learn everything unless you have hours and hours and hours to dedicate to going down all the different storylines that's yeah I, I can i can understand that for sure yeah, yeah, it's it's something I still kind of want to get into at some point, but I don't know. Like from what I have read about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this turns into such a soap opera. <laughs> not that the it's Skywalkers not, weren't. So like, <laughs> it's a little not that I don't like that game. I, I did play for a long time, like a lot. I played that game a lot, but um, <laughs> it's one of those things that it's kind of gotten a little out there now, like mm. the newer storylines with it. And it's just kind of like, oh, okay, that's where they're going with this. Okay, you know, not that it's not a good story, it, but it just really is like kind of out there. But that's kind of funny because that's definitely one of the topics we wanted to discuss tonight is is the Old Republic. I mean, everybody knows that I'm a huge fan of the Old Republic. Revan's one of my favorite characters. I know Robin's up there with it too. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess like the first good question to ask you tonight is, you know, if they were to make some of the Old Republic stuff canon again, what do you think would be the best stuff for them to to bring forward and to add to the new continuity. And I guess what what stuff within the Old Republic have you learned about? As you said, like read you read some of the books. Like, did you read the Revan book or? Oh, uh, yeah, the Revan book. Yes. Uh, and when I say the Old Republic, I just mean specifically that game, like Kotor, all that stuff. I know uh, the Mandalorian Wars, the comics surrounding them. Uh, it, it, interesting. I do think that they might be building towards Old Republic stuff. They yeah. have shown they're starting to like show things that are specifically from the Old Republic, like uh, the Mandalorian armor and Solo. And then one of the comic books that came out today they showed the starfighters that the jedi used to fly around in so mm. i'm starting to think that. that they might be building towards like actually exploring that era uh and oh and they they mentioned xr coon in the art of solo yeah. right that everyone freaked out about and so <laughs> i think that that era is on their mind and they're probably going to bring it in i i think that revan could work. Uh, I, I kind of see him as probably the next big one after Thrawn. They're like, okay, people love this character. We should probably bring it back somehow. So I think there will probably be an interpretation of Revan at some point. Uh, 
I've always been a sucker for Darth Bane's story. I love that trilogy. Oh, uh, absolutely. They've already mentioned the Mandalorian Wars. So I think there's a lot of stuff that Legends fans will recognize whenever they do finally bring all that stuff back. There's a lot sitting there. And one of the things that Caden and I always talk about, Alex, and actually recently on an episode, I sat down with James Brown and we had this whole discussion about Darth Bane. And I'm so glad you mentioned that character because Darth Bane, obviously we remember him from towards the end of Clone Wars. We remember that arc with Yoda. We remember the entire experience that Filoni created with the series. And I love the trilogy and, and the concept around the Darth Bane books and exactly what that talks about, especially the Rule of Two book. That's one of my go-tos um, when it comes to the backstory of Darth Bane and what he truly was uh, in, in the novel world. But one of the things that I would love to see, and you bring it up, Alex, is that the picking and choosing of things. And Caden, I'm sure you can agree with me on this. Revan is such a great starting point, like Alex says, for kind of bringing it in because obviously another discussion we're going to have is the fans kind of want him, and if you can bring Thrawn in and do it the way they have and have the fans react the way they have, if you can do that with Revan, I can only imagine what the reaction is going to be. And in terms of where we are with Star Wars 2, Alex, how I feel specifically, too, is that we are exploring the non-traditional sense of the Jedi and everything happening more towards the Force. And Revan kind of embodies that in a way. I mean, he switches the completely <laughs> two different sides at one point. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Uh, yeah. I don't know, Caden, do you, I know you're a Revan fan too. Oh man, you know, I, I'm a huge Revan fan. I, ever since I played Knights of Old Republic when I was, I had to have been like 11 or 12, mm -hmm. I, did, I fell in love with that character. You know, I mean, the twist in that, I, my jaw dropped, you know, seeing the, yeah. oh wait, I've, I've been Revan this entire time. That's, you know, it was a great twist. And I know a lot of fans obviously weren't, too thrilled with a lot of the legends material or expanded universe at the time getting getting wiped away mm. you know now i think a lot of people see that you know it, it was the right path you know they can't really make new stories with all that other stuff and they're adding in pretty much most of the good stuff you know there was mm. a lot of stuff that wasn't that great in the old in the old legends there were a couple books that were like okay that was weird but um <laughs> <clears throat> the one thing i'm actually really happy about with on the topic of revan is I was never happy with uh, the ending of his story in, in the MMO. So that's one thing that I'm kind of, I'm happy about. You know what I mean? They can kind of redo that story, maybe make him kind of more influential on the m modern stuff. I, I always had the idea, and I know I've, I've told you about it, Robin, but maybe having him be the one that discovers like the prophecy of the chosen one or something to make him more relevant in the you know to the future star wars timeline yeah you know that's always an idea i had i thought would be cool but uh but yeah no bane also is is definitely one of those characters that i mean he already is canon just the name bane is canon and that he came right. up with the rule of obviously but you know we we have so much we have three books about that character mm -hmm. that you know i we can still read all that old republic stuff and be like this this could be canon you know what i mean they could easily just say hey all the old republic stuff is canon again but i think it really gives them a good opportunity to correct mistakes of the past mm -hmm. you know like stuff in certain books like hey maybe this wasn't the best idea or like the path this person went on we can change the story. I think it gives us a great template. I don't know. What about you, Alex? Do you think that's a good, it's kind of good that they did away with some of that stuff so they can write, you know, maybe I don't want to say better stories, but you know, different adventures with the same characters. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always been on the side that, okay, if we have to lose legends in order to get movies, like I was on board for that, but then yeah. having like, yeah, having Thrawn come back 
it just showed me that they're not completely abandoning that stuff and that they can kind of pick and choose the best stuff because not everything in legends is great so now we can just yeah. you know keep the good stuff maybe have a new spin on it like thrawn is a different interpretation from what we saw the core of the character is still there but the timeline has shifted and like i'm fine with all that so uh i i I can't think of anything like I'm trying to think of a character that had a perfect storyline that would fit in right now. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally on board with the legends shift. It's funny. I think the one character yeah. we saw go ahead, buddy. No, the, the one thing I think that's so important that Alex brings up is that, and it, we kind of been falling in this with star Wars too, is that I don't think any character has a perfect storyline, which makes this the best time to kind of take those legends and kind of, you know, bring them back into the forefront of what these films are all about. I'm thinking, you know, what the Game of Thrones directors are doing. I'm thinking what Ryan Johnson maybe have coming up. I'm thinking what John Favreau might be have, having on the horizon here that Lucasfilm is working on putting together. I mean, those three directors alone could be easily, you know, taking a look at their shelves or taking the look at uh, Mr. Dave Filoni's shelf and saying, okay, Pablo, Dave, which one can I pull from? Which one is going to make sense here? And what story can I kind of pull from that makes sense going forward in the Star Wars lore? Oh, for sure, man. Alex, now I, I've listened to so much of your, or watched, I suppose, um, so much of your content. And obviously you cover different aspects of Star Wars. But <clears throat> with with this being calm chatter, you know, the, the voice of the friendom, we really get into, you know, what connects people to Star Wars. So what is the one thing that really attracts you to Star Wars that makes you such a diehard fan? Good question. Um, I think it's just how much fun it is. I mean, as a kid, I was enthralled by especially the the Death Star Trench run and spaceships and dogfights and stuff like that. Uh, growing up, I think now I'm understanding more about the stories being told and the themes. And uh, now I can see that they are like these parables and basically fairy tales uh, for, I, I think George said he's made them back in the day for young boys. And then now I think they're going to be parables and fairy tales for just children, period. And I, I kind of have enjoyed growing up with it, I guess. And realizing that, oh, I kind of learned lessons through Star Wars without even noticing it. Uh, <laughs> but it's still just a fun universe to play in. And like every planet can be something different. And you can pretty much tell any story that you want. Like if it's a mystery or a horror or an action adventure, like someone can write that comic or book or whatever. I think the movies have proven to be a little more challenging that they they need to feel a certain way. But there have been so many different stories told in Star Wars, and I, I just think it's a really fun playground that I enjoy playing in. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's I huge. can agree with everything you said. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it's it's beautifully said, Alex. Uh, it is a playground. It, Star Wars truly is. I, I cannot agree anymore. And the best part about it is, I mean, Caden, you and I talk about this all the time, and I've heard Alex in his videos. I mean, obviously, Star Wars Explained is a playground itself too, right? I mean, you are you break down different aspects of Star Wars. You look at different things that maybe you want to look at one day, and then you move on to the next piece. I'm, I'm sure that's really what what you've kind of built everything off of is that idea of the playground, you know, the ability to um, 
just kind of say, okay, I'm going to look at this and then maybe I'll discuss something and connect it later on. You know, that I'm, I'm sure that's probably a really great format for what you've been able to do. Yeah, I, I can kind of make whatever video that I want. I try to base it around whatever's coming out. So like we get comics every Wednesday, we get a book every other month or so. And obviously like when Rebels was on once a week, there was plenty to talk about. So I try to keep it relevant, but I've had people like friends or family ask like, well, are you worried you're ever going to run out of stuff to talk about? And I just <laughs> laugh. I'm like, no, no, like, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> no way. Oh, that's cool. And Rebels gave us so much different stuff too. I mean, you want to talk yeah. about, we, we walked into Rebels, Caden, and we had no idea what to expect, especially when we looked at the first and second season, the minute we hit like the end of season two and then into season three, and four, I mean, it just really picked up. And uh, I imagine for what you do, Alex, Star Wars Rebels gave such a different outlook on the canon itself because you saw it in an animated form similar to, to Clone Wars. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it gave me a couple of my favorite things in Star Wars. I am obsessed with the world between worlds. I couldn't yeah, stop man. talking about it when it came. I had to, like, force myself to stop making videos about it. Uh, the <laughs> I, Twilight... watched, I, think I watched them all, man. <laughs> the Twilight of the Apprentice episode, I think, is like one of the best what, 45 minutes Star Wars has produced. I love that story. I've watched it. That's easily the Rebels episode I've seen the most. Uh, mm. But yeah, like, and that's a show that I almost didn't watch. It was before mm. I made the channel. And like, I saw the artwork for it and I had that kind of grown up man reaction to it where I was like, that's for kids. Art style doesn't like, it doesn't look good. And then I, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this channel. I need to keep up with this stuff. So like I had to catch up on season one of Rebels. And Ooh. by the end of season, actually it was like episode five, maybe six, when the Grand Inquisitor shows up, I was yeah. like, all right, I'm in. Like, this is good. <laughs> it, it didn't take long to realize that there was something great in there. And it was just something that I almost wrote off because I was like, eh, it's for kids. So that's really point. funny that you say that, man. I, I was kind of the same way. And it's funny because that, that first episode of rebels is, is definitely a catalyst in me starting rebel cause, um, seeing them help like the homeless people, uh, in the Tarkin towns. That was, that was kind of a funny thing that was like, huh, what could I do in, in the real world to, to emulate that you know what i mean and yeah. and i i think i fell in love with that series <clears throat> just a few minutes into the first episode when you hear that kind of force theme when ezra and kanan kind of sense each other for the first time that was the moment that i was like okay i'm, I'm in let's let's see where this goes yeah and it, it was so good and that, like that's kind of a lesson i think i've learned from this channel is that just because something is for kids which star wars is uh it doesn't mean that it's gonna be bad like i another kind of similar story is the book lost stars which is labeled as young adult and it is labeled as a love story like about between a person in the rebellion and a person in the empire and i was like okay it's kind of same thing like i've got to read this for the channel and it's my favorite <laughs> star wars book ever and like now i'm in love with claudia gray and everything that she writes and but it was labeled as young adult and I get people asking me questions now, like with Most Wanted that just came out. They were like, mm -hmm. it's young adult. Should I read it? And I was like, yes, because I, I told Claudia Gray that story about reading Lost Stars. And she was like, yeah, people get turned off by that term young adult. But all it means is it's a story about young adults mm -hmm. and nothing more. 
And yeah. that I've found all of the young adult books that they've written so far to be fantastic. So now I'd like try to really sell people on the young adult now. It's like just because it says YA doesn't mean it's going to be Twilight or something like get past yeah. that stigma. Mm. I think that's what Star Wars does so well is that it can appeal to the younger audiences, but it has those really deep cuts within it that like the adults can can really cling on to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the obviously maybe like the base, like with Rebels or the Clone Wars, you watch season one of both of those series. And it's like, OK, it's a fun adventure, but you get to season six of the Clone Wars or season four of Rebels. And there's a lot more for adults in there. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And especially with the books, they I think they walk that they found that perfect formula to to appeal to everybody. And I, I've loved the, the young adult books. I mean, the Legends of Luke Skywalker book. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, it was bizarre, but in like a good way. <laughs> in a, mm. These are all tall tales, so they can be strange. Yeah, exactly. That's a really good point. Yeah, I, I can't agree anymore with, with both of you. And one of the funny things is, too, when you're talking about the young adult novels, I mean, I look at even as just a category at Barnes & Noble. Like when I walk in and I look up a book and they say, oh, it's in the young adult section. I'm like, no, just bring me to the Star Wars book. Just <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not worried about what section it's in. Just just bring me and show me where it is, because it, it's and I think that even Lucasfilm to this point, Alex and Caden, we're getting to the point of, you know, it's Star Wars and it's always been Star Wars is for everyone. It doesn't matter where they place it or who they say can read it or um where you know what type of title it has it doesn't matter and the films do it too i mean they bridge so many different age groups and uh it's so great to see that um fans are so eager to i mean today i was just in barnes and noble and there were like five or six high school kids that were picking up some of the legends books and i was like wow and i was like what, what you know what's getting you into reading these and they said the newer films you know my family they they went to go and see these films and they told me that that Star Wars is a family focus and that there's no labels. I can be whatever age and still enjoy it. That's so hopeful for Star Wars, I feel. Yeah. I mean, and I hope that it continues down that path. And Caden, one of the things, too, is that, you know, the entire conversation in the community has been around, you know, asking you will receive. And that's been something that we've been talking about here at the podcast network, uh, Alex, and I'm sure is something that you think as well is that, you know, there is a lot of certain opinions out there and everybody's entitled to feel how they feel and to maybe not express it the way they have, but find a better means to do so and be a little bit more constructive about it. And one of the best parts about this conversation is really, I mean, the asker you will, will receive, asking you will receive mindset, which is instead of complaining about it, let's find a ground of, you know, maybe I'd like to see a little bit more of this or pick and choose from the canon, I mean, you've been able to do that with with Star Wars Explained and been able to pick and choose. For you specifically, wh where do you stand in this? Do you feel that, you know, it's it's the smart move is just to say, hey, I'd like to see this happen at some point and not to just get all riled up about it. That's that's kind of the idea. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of the negativity and the toxic toxicity is coming from a sense of entitlement. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe that's coming like, let's take older public, for example, maybe that's coming from a place where like, well, we used to have all these stories that mattered, and now they're gone, and I want them back. And I, I think people feel entitled to have certain stories told to them. But like everyone in Star Wars wants something different. 
Right. Uh, but a lot of these people who are just yelling at creators or Lucasfilm or anyone that will listen on social media, I think it's because they feel entitled. And I also think that a lot of them have kind of probably not given the things that they have considered to be for kids a shot. Like sometimes I wonder if I am so pleased and satisfied with the canon so far because I read all the books and I read all the comics and I watch all the shows. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe some of the people that are really, really mad, and I'm sure that I've there are exceptions to this rule, uh, but I think the people who are the most upset, like only take in some of Star Wars. Like they might just watch the movies and they're like, well, I want Star Wars to do this one thing, specifically the movies. But mm. when I hear a lot of these complaints, I'm like, well, check out the Darth Vader comic. Like yeah. <laughs> it's doing exactly yeah. what you want. They They kind of have to appeal to different audiences you know what i mean like they have stuff for i guess the the movies are for everybody you know what i mean they have the deep cuts in there that that us like diehards obviously look for but they're also you know i've been able to step away and realize okay yes they are making these movies about my favorite thing ever sure but they all they are still a business and they are still trying to appeal to more people than just all of us, you know what I mean? Like if they were to go into solo and be like, oh yeah, and actually talking about Exar Kun, probably 50% of that audience would have no idea what, what that was. You know what I mean? 50 is generous. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> and we, we get this other content, like even in Rebels, you know, which is a cartoon for kids, but you know, we got references to the Mandalorian Wars, to all these different things. And the Vader comic is a great example, man. I mean, they're really doing some really bold stuff in there. And we're seeing sides of of Vader that maybe they wouldn't put into, into a movie. Because, I mean, when you really break it down, he's a murderer, you know, when he's Vader. So for a, a movie that is supposed to appeal to families, they can't really show too much of that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they, they can't really make it over PG-13. I mean, we had one PG-13 Star Wars movie, I think... I think just one, right? Or no, uh, it's Force Awakens. Everything since Sith has been PG-13. Mm. Oh, that's, yeah. But that was the first one. And, you know, because we saw Vader getting burned, and I think that was really the thing that kind of set it over. But, you know, and times have changed. You know what I mean? Most most kids can kind of watch PG-13 at this point. And they're they're trying to appeal to the families that, because Star Wars should be a family thing, in, in my opinion. You know, everybody in my family likes Star Wars. You know, my dad, my little brothers, and it's great to be able to go to the movies with them and sit down and everybody can watch it, you know. But I love the fact that the comics are doing different things, um, you know, some of the, the novels. And that that is a great point. When you really dive into the whole lore of what they have, what they've made since the Disney buy, it is a great story. And mm. most of it's better than kind of what we had before, you know. Except a few stories. I do miss a few stories. Don't get me wrong. You know, but mm, that's a really good point. I think it's something that also Alex brought up too uh, on the outside and something I've kind of been hypothesizing myself around because Alex, probably much like you, uh, we all follow the authors of all these Star Wars books on Twitter and everything else. And for myself, I look at Timothy Zahn, I look at Chuck Wendig, I look, you know, I look at Alan Dean Foster, I look especially at Claudia Gray. And I kind of take a step back and I'm like, okay, these are kind of my producers. These, these are the directors of (laughs) these novels. And it's kind of cool 
when you go and you read the novel, because I, I don't know, out of the two of you, I love to listen to Star Wars music when I'm reading my Star Wars novels. I love, especially with The Last Jedi uh, from Jason Fry, a good friend of mine, uh, when we're sitting back and and I listen to the Resistance theme when, when Poe is attacking um, the Dreadnought. And I'm like, whoa, okay, this is so awesome to be enveloped in the Star Wars universe this way. But Alex, do you feel that when you sit back and you read a Star Wars novel that it's it's kind of like your movie feel at the same time? Oh, yeah. I mean, to kind of to say what I said about Rebels, like there are have been books where I'm like, this is one of my favorite Star Wars moments. I mean, uh, the, the End of Lost Stars is a perfect example mm. of just like my heart was pounding to see if those crazy kids were going to make it. Like, <laughs> right. The, there are great things in all the books. Um, Thrawn is one of my favorites at this point. Like, I'm so excited for Thrawn Alliances. So oh, I know. It's, yeah, it's just, same here, man. <laughs> I, I mean, I totally agree with you, Caden, that I think the movies should always be right in that 13-year-old. Like, their target should be what their target has always been, like 13-year-old kids. And there's still going to be stuff for us to enjoy. Like, I think some people, like the, the people that say, oh, it's about time for an R-rated Star Wars movie, I oh. like... Every time I hear that argument, I'm like, I don't think it is. It just that yeah. would feel a little over the top for me. If we did get a movie like just about Vader slaughtering people, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> that that doesn't sit right with me for whatever reason. Like, yeah. I, I, I agree that there is something in Star Wars for everyone, but the movies should always kind of live in that accessible family event kind of thing i totally agree man i i would hate to come to a day where i mean my little brothers are like under 10 years old and i'd hate to come to a point now because they are so in love with star wars where my father and i would be like uh eh, sorry guys you can't see this one exactly and, you, know, you know what i mean like as much as you know, when I heard before Rogue One was released, um, I, I was a rumor guy. I, I read rumors and all that stuff. I really didn't. I didn't care too much. But uh, when I heard about the Vader scene, because that was kind of leaked before it came out, that there was going to be a Vader scene. Um, I think they compared him to Jason Voorhees. They were like, he's just macheteing people coming down. You know what I mean? And I was like, interesting. You know, I didn't really know what to think about it at first. I was like, is it going to be more of a... The first thing I kind of thought of was the, the Starkiller um, Force Unleashed 2 like trailer <laughs> yeah. where he's in the dark. You know what I mean? And that's awesome. But I wouldn't want to see Vader depicted, at least in the films, as too much of a murderer because, I mean, obviously we all know he did some horrible stuff. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, he still kind of is the hero of 1 through 6, even though he fell. And kids kind of have to look at him and realize there's a redemption arc there. You know, mm -hmm. that that's another message. There's so many morals in Star Wars that we all, and obviously, you know, from this conversation, I can tell all three of us are kind of on the same page. You know, I've learned a lot of morals through Star Wars. I was raised with it. So mm -hmm. I almost find myself applying it to real life in a weird way, um, you know, processing different things and stuff. But um, in, for kids to see that side of it, I wouldn't want it either. You know, it. It, they can do whatever they want in the comic books. I mean, they, they kind of are, you know, the Vader comic is brutal, <laughs> you yeah. know, uh, and they've done some awesome stuff. I was actually talking to someone at a local comic store this past weekend and they didn't know about the Vader down comic. Oh, wow. And I was like, Oh man, <laughs> you have to go read the Vader down comic. Like he is, that's like 
Rogue One, that scene is nothing compared to what he does in that comic. You know, that it's a whole different spectrum. And it's great that we do have those outlets, but I agree that I, I, I mean, the films always need to stay family oriented. Yeah. I mean, it makes the most sense going forward. You guys were talking about it earlier, the business side of Star Wars too. It makes sense just to keep it the way it is. It, it really is. I mean, Last Jedi opening night. Yeah, they're going to be the fair share of adults, but there's also the dad sitting there with their son and the dad with the daughter and the son and the mother. The families are in the theater for those experiences because they remember it themselves. And, and to jeopardize that would be, oh, I don't even know. I used to walk into, I mean, don't get me wrong. There would there would be the families that would still take their kids to huh. rated R Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> that, it, it would it would still happen. I mean, Deadpool is a great example of that. How many students did I see show up at Deadpool that I that I work with? But at the same time, it just makes more sense to keep it. it it's and again, there'd be a lot of people out there that'd be like, "Oh, it's a safe move." No, it's it's a marketing move. It it just makes sense for Star Wars and for Disney too. And I think that both of you bring up that point, and it's so important that amongst all the negativity, of course, this conversation, amongst all the negativity that's out there, it's almost like you have to scale it back and say, you know what? Yeah, we we, we kind of like it the way it is, guys. Don't 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 try pushing it a little too much, you know. Mm-hmm. It just makes sense going forward that we continue it that way, but. Alex, one of the other things I, I wanted to ask you, and of course, this is being a subscriber and an active person who comes and checks out uh, Star Wars Explained, is uh, let me tell you this. I love the way that you chronologically set up your episodes. I love the images that you use as well, because I feel like, and this comes from somebody who works in um, special education. I work with a lot of students who are into Star Wars and uh, not cannot necessarily sit down and pick up a book and read it, if you know what I mean. Um, they can't necessarily understand the words that are in front of them. But there were a couple students that I worked with uh, just before the end of the school year, and I showed them Star Wars Explained. And they picked up on the concepts of Star Wars so quickly. So I, I just wanted to say that to you, that I think that your format has been fantastic. And uh, for the students that I work with specifically, it's been great for them to kind of sit down and even for us adults, it's kind of cool to like take a back, back seat with the novels and just to kind of see somebody explain that using imagery and voice in front of us. Uh, did you ever think that it was going to hit that kind of level with, when you started that? No, <laughs> thanks for saying that. <laughs> yeah, that is very really true. Cool. I, I really, I, th I think it's a great format for you that, that you've discovered you know, because a lot of people can <clears throat> can look at Star Wars just for what it is, you know, but to really break it down for people that, hey, maybe they wouldn't have caught that exact theme that they were going for or or even the way you explain things uh, like why certain situations happen. You know what I mean? Like the backstory to the most, you know, obscure, even the obscure stuff. You know, it, it is a really great format. And I, I'd have to thank you for doing it, uh, doing the page as well, man. I mean, it's. It's definitely a staple for me to watch. And I know I've sent it to my little brother who is like, he's kind of blossoming into Star Wars. And he's asked certain questions about, you know, different characters and stuff. And and your videos are something I've definitely sent to him. Being like, here it is. So, you know what I mean? This guy explains it better than I can. <laughs> well, thank you both. Yeah. All right, Alex. Last thing. I, I got to put it out there. All right. Um, 
if you were to choose one bounty hunter from the Star Wars universe, which one would you be? Would I be? Uh, I mean, I don't want to be boring and say Boba Fett, but he's got a jetpack. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that'd be my answer, but huh. I'm going to swing around and look at my Funko Pop real quick and think of a second one. <laughs> I love that answer. I think we all kind of want to be Boba Fett. That's and true. even if we don't want to admit it, everybody kind of wants to be Boba Fett. <laughs> oh, I could go Cad Bane. He has rocket Ooh. boots. That's like the same thing. Oh, don't tell me you he's already have a Cad Bane Funko. Yeah. Don't no, 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 <laughs> no, that's not out yet, but uh, it, it popped into my head. Oh, cool. I got scared for a second. I'm like, how did he get his hands on a San Diego comic? So, <laughs> I did not. So quick. <laughs> is Cat it Bane. the rocket boots with Cad Bane or is it the awesome hat that he wears? Because like the hat. <laughs> I, I am a big indie fan, so I, I love a good hat. Perfect. Indiana Jones, I should say. <laughs> that, that's one of my favorite Easter eggs is when Cad Bane is looking for a new hat. He kind of hovers over the Indiana Jones fedora and then goes for something else. But I'm like, ah, oh, so close. Yeah. Oh, that would be so cool. Imagine Cad Bane running around just like, just like Harrison Ford did. Oh my goodness, that would have been a totally different story with him. <laughs> would have brought it into a whole different level. Alex, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show tonight. Um, it's it's been a real pleasure to sit down and talk to you to hear your voice on uh, addressing me instead of just in the videos. You know that I enjoy so much. Uh, it's been awesome. So I just want to thank you for coming on the show tonight, man. No, oh, thank you for having me. All right, Caden. It's that time of the show, my friend. Oh, it's plug time. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's a little thing we like to call plug time. Alex, where can the good people find everything happening? Star Wars Explained and find you across social media. Uh, the main place would be just Star Wars Explained on YouTube. Uh, if you search that, it should pop up right away. And on Twitter, we are at Star Wars Explained. No ED because we ran out of room. And of course, you can find Rebel Cause Lancaster on Facebook under that name and on Instagram. Uh, you can find Rebel Chatter, the official podcast of Rebel Cause, at rebelchatter.com and on iTunes and all those other great podcasting apps all across the galaxy. And of course, you can find us on www.brickcityblockade.com, your source for everything happening in the friendom with the unity in the community in a galaxy far, far away. You guys can follow me over on Twitter at MrVoteTweets. Please make sure to check out the Brick City Blockade over there at Brick City Blockade. Check us out on Instagram. Head on over to iTunes. You know the spiel. Hit the subscribe button. Check us out on iHeartRadio and Stitcher. We're basically on everything, so just listen to us over there. And you get to listen to Alex now on all those fantastic outlets as well. Also, make sure to head on over to TeePublic. Pick up one of our awesome epic designs that help support the podcast network brings epic guests on and for calm chatter it's caden stetler alex thank you so much for coming on once again this has been such a cool chat oh thanks again it was my pleasure all right guys and as we always say here at calm chatter and at the brickcityblockade.com podcast network may the force be with you always <laughs>